One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And it's Sadie's night, and in celebration of that, I dress like a boss bitch from the 80s. Yeah. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, I've got a very Robert Palmer music video thing going on. <laughs> I like I got the a power, power blazer for maximum respect. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very nice collar on yeah so you can't very see french yes yeah so a little something for everyone but you're not here for strong collars you're here for murder yeah let me tell you about a really really terrible one what do you got for us tonight sadie this is the investor fishing boat murders excuse me mm-hmm in September 1982, Mark and Irene Colhurst, along with their two young children, five-year-old Kimberly and four-year-old John, were in the middle of a busy fishing season in the small town of Craig, Alaska. Originally from Blaine, Washington, the young family recently purchased a new state-of-the-art fishing boat called the Investor, which was described as impressive and was more of a ship than a boat. At 58 feet long, and was estimated to cost $850,000. What year are we in? 82. Oh my God. So that's a. It's like. With inflation. $700 million. $700 million. <laughs> that is. Wow. Yes. Fancy boat. Fancy boat. Uh, Mark was an experienced and well liked captain, and the family was able to make a profitable living, clearly. Clearly. With their $750 million boat. Good for them. Mark and Irene were high school sweethearts and got married soon after graduation. Irene was pregnant with the couple's third child, and they loved to bring their children along for the fishing season so they could all be together through the summer months. They thought of it as a grand adventure. Aww. Mark had started working as a commercial fisherman in 1970 when he was only 16 years old. 
He was described as super smart, hardworking, and he invested everything he had into his family. The ship's name was a reflection on his lifestyle and ambitions. He told people he planned to retire at 50. Me too. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> I, better, I better hurry, man. <laughs> like fast. <laughs> Got 10 Go years. to They Will Kill backslash Patreon. <laughs> retirement fund. Slash retirement fund. The boat was large enough to be the temporary home of, for a decent crew. At the beginning of the season, Mark hired four teens, 19-year-old Dean Moon, Jerome Keown, Mark's cousin, Michael Stewart, and 17-year-old Chris Heyman to work on the boat for a few weeks. So like fresh as a daisy baby. teenagers. Fresh baby teens. Yep. Yeah. I don't like where this is going. I no, don't. It's, like. uh, it's, it's so sad. The crew had worked well together that year, and during the last week of August, they had even managed to bring in 77,000 pounds of salmon. That, I'm no salmon expert, and I'm definitely no math expert, but I know that with inflation, that is 750 million pounds of salmon today. <laughs> it is Holy so shit. Yes, it's so crazy. None of the teens on board planned to make fishing their career. Chris was just out of high school and would be turning 18 soon. Dean was a high school football star who had just graduated. Michael was a college student, and so was Jerome. Mark handpicked them because they all got along, and he'd worked with all of them except for Jerome before. On September 5th, their crew docked, and Mark was expecting to sell the salmon they'd caught for around $30,000. That's it? Come on! That's I so know. much... Salmon, maybe salmon was a little bit more readily available in the 80s. Yeah. I feel like, I do feel like with inflation, that would be about $750 million worth of salmon. And you think about too, like the fishermen are the start of the selling process. So they sell the salmon and then somebody Uh, has to pay to process it. And then they have to put it to the grocery store. So by the time it gets to you, it's not as cheap as you would buy it straight from the fishermen. Right. That's my point. But if that was 77,000 pounds, I can do a little math. Watch this. And they sold it for $30,000. That's like 50 cents a pound. And I know that salmon is like $14 a pound currently. Right. Yes. So. With inflation, it probably adds up. A lot of money now. Yes. Yes, it would be a lot of money. The Alaska Game and Fish Department had temporarily halted the fishing season that day, so as a result, they would all have a few extra days in Craig. Because of the temporary halt, port was busy, and Mark had to dock the investor next to two ships. They were called the Defiant and the Decade. This meant those aboard the investor would have to walk across the decks of two of the other boats to reach the dock. Does that make sense? I th- so the, there wasn't room for the investor to be right up against the dock. And so the the boats would kind of connect together. And so the investor crew would have to go across two boats to get to the dock. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there wasn't a room for everybody. Got it. Jerome and Dean went ashore together to make phone calls and to visit the local bars. The movements of Mike and Chris that night are still unknown, although it is likely they too went in town for a drink or meal. The family had plans that night to celebrate Mark's 28th birthday at a restaurant in town called Ruth Ann's. By 10 p.m., they were back on their boat. A crew member aboard the Decade remembers young John sticking his head in to say goodnight. 
The next morning, September 6th, at around 6.30 a.m., one of the decade's crewmen observed the investor drifting away. (laughs) From inside his boat, he saw a man in the investor's pilot house at the wheel, and he waved. The man and the investor waved back. The crewman assumed it was Mark. As the day began, a thick fog came over the bay, making visibility in the water difficult. But as the next morning started, the fog lifted. In the afternoon of September 7th, crew members working on a troller named Casino were the first to notice thick black smoke billowing up into the sky. They alerted authorities in Craig and then took their fishing boat less than a mile across the water to see if they could help. They ended up at Fish Egg Island, which is on the west side of Prince of Wales Island. There they saw the investor engulfed in flames. On the way to the fire, they passed a skiff, which is one of those like little small boats. It's almost mm-hmm. like a raft that you know bigger boats will have. Yep. That was heading away from the fire. They briefly stopped to talk to the man and asked him if there were people on the investor that needed help. And the man said yes, before speeding off back to town. They thought he was heading back for help. The crew on the casino tried to put out the fire themselves, but the heat was too intense and they weren't able to get close enough. The fire would burn for 42 hours. Whoa! I mean, of course it will. There's so much flammable shit in a boat, as far Mm -hmm. as I'm aware. Things gotta go a long way with no gas stations, so... Right. I'm not sure what they had available for fires on the water like you know i don't right. i'm assuming that craig alaska probably isn't equipped with like you know a fireman's coast guard boat or whatever you know also guess what water does it freezes <laughs> <That'd be> really <laughs> hard yeah <laughs> this is september so it's probably not yet totally frozen but yes it's cold and they, alaska. they just doesn't sound like there was much they could do just put out the fire oh, that's awful Ugh. So once it was out, authorities towed what remained of the boat to shore and started to search the rubble. Inside the area of the pilot house, investigators found four bodies. Three belonged to adults and the other one belonged to a small child. Like a small child? Well, remember, Kimberly and John were four and five years old. Right, right. At first, it's believed everyone aboard the investor died in a tragic accident, but medical examiners would find that all four bodies, which would later be identified as Mark, Irene, little Kimberly, and Mark's cousin, Michael, Mm. were riddled with bullet holes. Oh my god. They had been murdered. Unfortunately, only small bone fragments were found for the remaining people on the boat, but enough Mm. remains were located that authorities knew all four eight people had been killed. Jesus. Yep. Leave them alone. What do you want? They're all that salmon? No. Yeah. Fishing is dangerous enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I assume that fishing in Alaska in the 80s especially was probably real uh, sort of Wild West. Totally. Yes. Pirates. Yes. Yeah. Drug smuggling. And you do make tons and tons and tons of money as fishermen. I don't know if people are like robbing each other of their fishing hauls, but Mm -hmm. it is very profitable. It's so dangerous. And that's why people do it because it makes so much Mm -hmm. money. I get the impression that the fishermen are pretty uh, close-knit. Like they help each other out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So they're not necessarily stealing from each other, but who knows? Yeah. Boat life. Those boat people, they love each other. It's Mm -hmm. all they sit on their boats and 
fucking Margaritaville it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. We had an old roommate who would go to Alaska f- to fish in the summers and would come back like part. It felt like he was part of a, a sor- uh, not a sorority, a fraternity or, you know, like <laughs> they all really bonded to the people that he was on the boat with because mm-hmm. you have to be. I would do it just for the like nicknames that inevitably would come with fishing in Alaska. <laughs> right. Yes. I'd be s- like scar. <laughs> I would. I was gonna say slinky. drifter. Yeah, you'd be sli- <laughs> slinky, and I'd be drifter. Yeah. Uh, yep. Now, uh, authorities also slinky. found. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind, but we're going with it. Yep. Uh, authorities also found evidence of arson and believe the killer had set fire to the boat to destroy any evidence. No doubt. Investigators would later tell Mark and Irene's family that the way the bodies had been found, it looked as if Mark had been trying to protect Irene mm. by covering her body with his when they were shot. No, thanks. No, thank you. Yep. As police moved in to investigate the crime scene, word spread of the terrible tragedy. Unfortunately, the fishing season was quickly coming to an end and people were already leaving Craig in droves. Police worried their suspect could already be gone. Witnesses started to come forward immediately to help piece together the investor's last movements. A crewman from a boat docked near the investor said he was in a deep sleep around 2 a.m. on the night of September 5th when he was awoken by multiple popping sounds. Mm-hmm. He said he looked out his porthole and saw a, quote, shadowy figure moving across the docks, but nothing seemed out of the ordinary, so he went back to sleep. The crew for the decade told investigators about the man they had seen driving the investor away on the morning of the 6th. You know, the one that waved. Mm -hmm. They remembered that the investor's motor wasn't running as it left the dock, which was odd. And they also found tie-down lines from the investor left on the deck of the decade. Mm -hmm. Fishermen would never just leave perfectly good tie-downs behind. No. So the guy was sneaking, right? Yeah. Like not turning on his motor. Yep. Like, yeah, like teens do when they leave Mm -hmm. their sneak out of the parents' house. Right. (laughs) But not that at all. Way, way deadly, awful version of that. Yeah. The man piloting the boat was described as being in his 20s, stocky with light brown hair, a pockmarked complexion, wearing a red and black plaid jacket. Hmm. In the morning before the fire, witnesses saw the investor floating in open water near Fish Egg Island and thought it was odd because there was still plenty of fish to catch, but the boat wasn't moving. Despite Mm -hmm. thinking it was odd, no one decided to investigate. So that the boat stayed for quite a while before the fire Mm -hmm. and um, investigators thought that maybe the killer hoped the boat would sink right yeah you know did something to the boat to get it to sink it didn't and so then went back and started the fire like a whole day later wow witnesses also saw the investor's skiff leave the investor and ferry between fish egg island and craig people assumed it was a new crew member going back to craig for supplies this unidentified man went into one of the stores and purchased two and a half gallons of gasoline before getting back on the skiff and heading back out Mm. There were even witnesses who saw the man after he got back to Craig. They said he was talkative and told people about the fire. So got back to Craig after the fire had started. Mm-hmm. He even talked to the mayor of Craig at the time. Bro. No. The mayor. 
In an interview with people, the mayor Lee X maker said, quote, I saw the guy in the skiff. He was a cool character. He came up, talked to a few people, made a phone call and left. Mm. Investigators located the skiff, but were unable to retrieve any evidence from the boat because of a heavy rain that had fallen in the days since the murders took place. Mm-hmm. Despite having so many eyewitnesses, no one was able to identify the main suspect. So nobody knew who this Dang guy it. was. I know, Come even though he's talking to the mayor. And driving back and forth and waving at folks and mm-hmm. it's a boat. Yeah. Ugh. And I heard that I th- I think if I'm remembering correctly, Craig had at the time like six hundred people. It was a I was gonna town. say, like how many people live here? The mayor is one of five people, so of course he talked to them. Because there's <laughs> right. only like 11 sh- people to talk to. I'm sure during fishing season, the population like quadruples, mm-hmm. and he can't possibly know all of the fishermen that come in, but still. Somebody. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming the mayor. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. The, the, <laughs> he, he ran into, the killer ran into the mayor because the mayor is just there. There's right. only He's 11 one of five people. people right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. God. Yes. A few days after the massacre, a, quote, local rescue worker was at one of the bars in Craig. While there, he saw a man having a few drinks who fit the description of the suspect everyone was looking for. So he was at a bar. He saw a dude mm-hmm. that matched. Yep. Yeah. He's like, you are the you are not one of 11 people who live here. Right. <laughs> ding, 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 spidey senses. He called authorities right away, and they decided to bring the eyewitnesses from the casino boat into the bar to see if they recognized the stranger. Wow, just brought them on down there. Real quick. Yeah. All right. Because, again, we've got like 12 11 people. 11 people. Right. Call Bob, call Kevin. <laughs> right. Get, get him down here. No, we do not need Derek. Derek yeah. can stay home. He was not present. What about Chad? Definitely don't bring Chad here. We'll fuck this up. <laughs> the guy cannot keep a secret. Right. Mm-hmm. They had them go into the bar to see if they recognized the man from the boat fire. After taking a close look, they came out and said no one in the bar looked like the man they had seen shit with very little to go on police decided to go ahead and talk to the man to rule him out as a suspect he willingly answered officers questions and showed them his id he was identified as 24 year old john peel Hmm. peel was also from washington state and told police that he was a deckhand on a boat called the libby eight which had been one of the boats docked next to the investor the night of the murders Mm mm-hmm Peel said he'd been on his boat sleeping on September 5th and hadn't seen or heard anything suspicious. He also, Likely story. <laughs> he also admitted to knowing Mark and his family and said that he'd even dated Mark's sister, Lisa, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Peel had gotten to know the Colehurst family well, and Mark had even hired him to work on his fishing crew. When friends and family were asked about the relationship between Peel and Mark, Everyone said the two had been friendly and there weren't any bad feelings between them. When Peel and Lisa broke up, he and Mark lost touch and hadn't talked in a long time before Mark's death. That's according to Peel. Got it. To investigators, this was too much of a coincidence, and without any other good leads, they continued to look into Peel. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they couldn't find a single piece of evidence to tie him to the crimes, so they had to keep digging. You're off the hook, Peel. Mm. A year Uh-oh, after... Oh, th- Sadie says, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a year after the massacre, police decide to go back and interview people close to the case once again to see if they can get new information. 
They talked to the captain of the Libby 8, Larry Denmar. The first time police talked to him, they believed he was holding information back and they hoped he'd be more forthcoming. Mm -hmm. So they had interviewed him before and decided to to come back. Mm -hmm. The first time Larry was interviewed, he said he didn't know where Peel had been the night of the murders and hadn't seen or heard anything suspicious. A year later, when asked again, he completely changed his story. Nope. And said that he'd been walking back from his girlfriend's house the night of September 5th around 10 p.m. As he passed the investor, he noticed people on deck talking and drinking. One of those people happened to be John Peel. Mm-hmm. Larry also said he was certain Peel hadn't spent the night on the Libby 8 that night. Mm-hmm. And then he says that there were guns on board of his ship but they were unaccounted for the night of the massacre. Bro, come on. Like, what? where was this information one year ago? <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, you might, I'm sure, like, the liability of, I've watched enough Below Deck to know. If anybody even does, like, Xanax on a ship without logging it with the ship log, mm-hmm. they get in big, big trouble. Like, the captain can lose his license and stuff. So. Right. For the benefit of the doubt of that dum dum, I'm going to assume that he didn't say that in the beginning because he didn't want to lose his captain's license for losing a bunch of guns to one of his deckhands who was partying on another ship. Right. Got it. Something. Who knows? Something. Right. Yeah. But yes, yeah, something. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's very interesting that he would suddenly have all of these big pieces of information. Yeah. Pretty but. crucial pieces of information, as far as I'm aware, having done 200 plus true crime podcast (laughs) so both weapons were the same type of caliber of the bullet casings found at the scene and could have been the murder weapon larry said he hadn't been able to find the guns for a few days but later located them in a different spot on the boat not a place he'd normally keep them Mm -hmm. he turned over the weapons to the detectives for forensic analysis Larry would later say he didn't realize Peel was the focus of the investigation and had held back the first time he talked to police because he didn't trust them. But after sitting on the information for a year, he decided to tell them what he knew. Fair enough. Police also talked to a different member of the Libby 8 crew who said that Peel had had two of the investors crew, Jerome and Dan, on board the ship just a few hours before they were killed to sell the marijuana. Mm-hmm. authorities decided to bring peel back in for questioning he admitted to selling weed to jerome and dan and opened up a little bit more about his relationship with mark he told police he'd actually been fired from mark's fishing boat mm-hmm. they had worked together for two to three years but peel smoked too much pot and mark had strict no drugs or alcohol while working policy <laughs> yeah. fair enough right fair enough yes <laughs> right. that's very dangerous it's incredibly yes. dangerous and you can lose your captain's license according to blow deck yes so peel couldn't follow these rules so mark fired him mm-hmm. it was rumored that mark had even gone so far as to bar peel from coming onto his boat after he was fired but peel insisted there were no hard feelings between them Around the same time, the forensic analysis on the guns was complete, but the results were inconclusive. And we know that that's bullshit, right? Like, if you've listened to my critically acclaimed... (laughs) Patreon episodes. Then you know. Two-part series. (laughs) That uh, gun analysis is is very subjective at best. Totally. Uh, They didn't have enough evidence to keep Peel in custody, so they let him go. 
When they looked into John Peel's background, they found an easygoing guy with no criminal record. There was nothing in the past that would suggest he was capable of killing eight innocent victims. A year before the murders, Peel got married and had a son with his new wife. He was described as friendly and even keeled. Despite being fired by Mark, multiple people say that Mark and Peel remained friendly. Mark and Irene even bought Peel a wedding present despite things not working out with Mark's sister and after Mark fired him. Yeah. I mean, people get fired. Right. right? It doesn't seem like great motive to kill eight people. Right. Including two tiny children. Yes. That seems very unhinged if that's Mm -hmm. the case. Yep. There were even witnesses who saw Peel at Mark's birthday party the night of the massacre and said they were friendly. Uh Uh-huh. More months passed and police decided to release a new composite sketch of their suspect. They also turned to the media for help. I mean, I get the impression this was a very big deal anyway, but I think they asked the media to like Mm -hmm. re-up there. Jump back in. Mm -hmm. Right. The renewed interest in the case brought in more leads. One man went to the detectives and told them on the day of the fire, he saw a man who looked just like the man in the sketches get off a skiff at the dock in Craig. I mean, so he was like number 11 of the 12 people that lived there who also saw somebody get off a skiff on the dock. Right. They had him look at a photo lineup and the witness picked Peel's photo as the man he saw. No shit. Peel's steel on the ste- peels steel on the hook. Peel is steel on the hook. <laughs> I was just about to let peel off the hook. No, I don't know what to do. What are what we going to do? What is happening? Yeah, uh, and also just during the same time, Peel took multiple polygraph tests and failed them all. Just a little <laughs> side note. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. With this new eyewitness, authorities believed they had enough to arrest Peel for the murders of all eight victims and for one count of arson. So that's all it took. Shit. Was one wow. positive identification ID. of a guy getting off his skiff on the dock. Wow. He was arrested on September 10th, 1984, almost exactly two years after the massacre took place, and was extradited to Alaska to await trial. I'm so curious about Peel. Yeah. I need to know everything. There, I mean, there isn't a lot to know, but I will tell you all I have. Okay, great. I'm scared of it. He pleaded not guilty and would have to wait until January of 1986 for his trial. But during Peel's preliminary hearing, a Ketchikan Superior Court judge dismissed the charges against him after the prosecution presented the evidence they had. Uh, He was like, nah, that's just not good enough. (laughs) You don't have enough. Mm -hmm. The only eyewitness they had who said for sure it was Peel uh, saw him getting off his skiff that day after the murders, but didn't see him commit any crimes. Mm-hmm. He didn't even see him near the investor. Yep. Nothing. Just got, got off a Just skiff. like you do in a boat harbor. As a fisherman. As a fisherman. Career fisherman. Yep. Got it. So none of the witnesses who had seen the man driving the investor the morning after the murders or the guy coming back on the skiff from the fire, none of mm-hmm. them would identify Peel as the man they'd seen. They right, because multiple people had been shown his f- image at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, those two people from the casino were at the bar. They were, they were the two that went to the bar. Right. And he, Peel was there, and they said, no, he's right. not that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the judge ruled that Peel could still be tried for the crimes, but the prosecution would need to find more evidence. Yeah, one would hope. Right. But instead, prosecutors quickly put together another grand jury who indicted Peel a second time. <laughs> what? No. Yes. Why do you got to bring this fucking 
stuff to my life. I know. You know I cannot handle false imprisonment. <laughs> it makes my skin crawl. Yes. It's my biggest fear. Yep. Literally my biggest fear. I know. Son of a bitch. So Peel's trial started in January of 1986, as it was originally planned. So the, the prosecutors were able to get the second trial going so quickly that they were able to keep their original trial date. Wow. Yeah. This trial dragged on for six months. Jesus. And was the longest and most expensive trial in Alaska history. How? They don't have I any don't evidence. No, I don't presenting? know. They're just talking about it. So bringing in every single all 600 of oh. Craig's people mm-hmm. like population. I saw a man on a skiff. I also saw a man on a skiff. Is it this man? <laughs> no, it's definitely Maybe. not that man. Maybe. Well, we'll see in three weeks. We're going to ask you again. Yeah. What could they possibly have to talk about for six months? I don't that know. That is bizarre. They don't know. Yeah. And, and there was no evidence. burnt like, down. There's no exactly. evidence. Yes. There's yeah. no fingerprints. There's no fibers. There's nothing. No. It's just a burnt there down a, boat. And right. Horrible massacre. And unfortunately, bone fragments and oh my some charred, God. other charred remains. No. Yeah. Uh, very not okay with this so the jury deliberated for six days but were deadlocked at a seven five split favoring a not guilty decision who would ever say guilty <laughs> like who, well five a? five of the seven of the 12 I, how could you do that i don't know i mean i don't think we knew a lot about how evidence were i don't think most people do and if i wasn't doing this podcast and sadie hadn't done that Honestly, the award-winning two-part <laughs> series on forensic evidence for our Patreon, I wouldn't know all the things that I know. But back mm-hmm. then, I guess they definitely wouldn't. But you can't, ugh, you can't just like gossip your way through a trial and then convict right. a man of eight mm-hmm. counts of first-degree murder and yes. arson yes. based on nothing. Right. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the trial, the longest and most expensive trial in alaska history at the time ended in a hung jury no decision could be made but prosecutors went after it again of course they did and peel was tried again in 1988 (sighs) the prosecution didn't change its tune and presented almost all of the same information Except this time, they had two new witnesses who claimed in the months after the killings they had gone fishing with Peel, who admitted to the murders. Nope, I don't buy that for one second. Peel's defense attorney was able to pull the story apart and proved both witnesses had agreed to testify in Peel's trial in order to get their own unrelated charges dropped. Of course they did. Yep. Of course they did. This time, after three days of deliberation, the jury found Peel not guilty on oh, all charges. God. Oh, thank God. There simply wasn't enough evidence against him. Oh, I'm so relieved. Yes. I'm still scared, <laughs> but I'm relieved. I don't trust you to not pull some bullshit and <laughs> some other prosecutory, like, but he was in f- the Navy. So then the feds tried him as a Navy man. <laughs> no, none of that. None of this. None Ugh. of that. He's good. No double jeopardy. Peels done. He's peels not steel on the hook. (laughs) Peel feels to be on the hook presently. Uh, So the trial took almost five years of Peel's life, and hundreds of thousands of dollars were spent for his defense. (sighs) He sued the state of Alaska for 150 million dollars. Good with inflation. 
How much would it be? Forty-five trillion. Yes. So in the lawsuit, he had also asked for the investigation to continue. Several years later, Peel reached a settlement of nine hundred thousand dollars. It's not nothing. No, it's not equal to five years of a man's life, but it's not nothing. Yeah, and I think he was he wasn't in jail the whole time. Still, I mean, still, still you, that's, that's all you get to do. Horrible thing to do to a human being. That yes. is a horrible thing to have to wait for five years to find out if you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. Is mm-mm. Mm-hmm. that's mm-mm. no, that's terrible. Yep. So Mark's family was devastated by the verdict. Of course, they were, yep. and believed a guilty man got away with murder. Oh, buddies. In 2016, so really very recently, Mark's sisters, Lisa and Lori, decided to sit down and talk to Peel. When the sisters asked him if he'd been the one to kill all those people, they said he looked him straight in the eye and said no. Mm -hmm. They asked if he had any idea who may have committed the crimes, and he said he had no idea. Mm-hmm. Both sisters left the conversation believing he probably wasn't the one who pulled the trigger, but that he knew more about the murders than he was letting on. Mm-hmm. And I also can't imagine going through the trial. No, I was going to say this, you know, that the prosecutors and the police and everybody is, this is our guy. We know for sure, you know, just don't We'll get through the trials, blah, blah, blah. And you can't believe that this is happening for nothing. Right. Well, also, he would have said, if he knew something else, he would have said it during his trial. Like You would hope so, unless, you know, he's so afraid of who did it that he, you know, yeah. like, but, you know, but it just, there just isn't any evidence of that. There isn't any evidence that there was more than, I mean, there isn't right. any evidence, period. Right. So period, we don't really nothing. know. What it doesn't fuck? seem like there was more than one person who committed the crime, but we right. don't know. We right. have no idea. There's a thousand boats on that water, and who knows what happened. What? The yeah. hell. In an interview with People Magazine, Peel said, quote, Somebody was responsible for this. Somebody out there knows what happened, but I'm not going to waste any more of my life on it. It was mm. a very brief interview. Again, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't blame him. End quote. Yeah, I don't blame him at one bit. So despite the lack of a conviction, the state of Alaska considers the investor fishing boat murders solved. I... <laughs> Come on. Case closed, dude. How can you not want to know who went on a boat, killed eight innocent people, including two children, and then burnt down this million-dollar boat? I mean, there's like 11,000 felonies there in one. Right. It's not closed. It's not solved. That is crazy. Yep. That is crazy. Yep. The case has I mean, officially been closed. It's done, skis. They're not investigating it ever again. <laughs> I'm imagining that I've watched enough Dexter <laughs> recent season mm-hmm. to know that far northern towns don't have real robust police forces, right. if at all. Yeah. Usually it's like a deputized, you know, bulldog or something. It's just mm-hmm. sort of like keep and watch. So... I don't blame them, but you would think that like the FBI or somebody would come. I think step the FBI did step in, but I didn't hear any details of like yeah what that looked like for them. Right. I do think they came in and helped, um, but there was no evidence, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Just... <laughs> right. And there's four people, and none of them. They're like, yeah, not him. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, yeah. that's so unfortunate. Yep. So they officially closed the 
the case and have no plans to reopen the investigation. It's hard to imagine that someone like Peel could kill all eight victims on the investor, especially the children. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what I believe. I mean, I really don't think that Peel did it. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like all eight victims were killed because they likely knew their killer and he didn't yeah. want to be identified. Totally. It sounds very personal. Sounds very, very personal. brutal and, re- and vengeful. And also, well, we'll talk about it more here in a minute. Yeah. So unfortunately, it seems like we will never know what happened to Mark, Irene, her unborn baby, Kimberly, John, Mark, Jerome, Dean, and Mike. Just so many people. Yeah, it's insanity. And that's the story. Ah. Investor fishing boat murders. I don't not like it. No. I'm so glad Peel didn't get just like jammed into a conviction, but I just... Some people know that. Some people know what happened. At least one person does. Maybe mm-hmm. that person's dead now, but that sucks, man. That is a big old suck. Put it in a suck pile for Courtney's brain <laughs> totally. because Courtney's brain wants to know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like theories that people thought that Mark kept his earnings and cash on the boat, right? But there was also like multiple accounts of him needing to borrow money like he needed to borrow money to pay for his birthday dinner because he doesn't keep any cash on his boat at all yeah because who would that's like crazy when he didn't do any of his he didn't do any of his like his transactions with Mm -hmm. the boat uh with the fishing people all of that was you know like a credit to an account that he would then go to the bank and get the money out later he's not gonna be like yeah give me the thirty thousand dollars cash like totally that's when the that's when the fishing pirates would come in (laughs) well i would assume that that's just sort of an understood thing that you don't keep heaps of cash on boats because Mm -hmm. pirates are coming for you anyway they want your boat right and probably your people more than they want you know they're not i would never think that you would keep a bunch of cash on a boat that sounds crazy there's also theories out there that it was drug smuggling right gone bad that that was a huge part of the industry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i guess there was a nearby island that was all a marijuana grow island Uh so maybe but then again if it was a drug thing if they got on the boat killed all eight people they wouldn't have gone to the trouble to bring the boat out to wait for it to sink when it didn't sink they'd go back to it like all of that makes me feel like it was somebody inexperienced trying to cover up right like feeling guilty or wanting to cover up the crime if it was a drug yeah. smuggler or drug dealer yeah. would have just killed the people and left right or and killed them and then just lit the boat on fire and walked right away. there on the dock or whatever yeah, yeah he wouldn't they would they have wouldn't. known what to do basically they wouldn't have like floundered and come back a day later and mm-hmm. did some you know. weird cover up yeah yeah. So if it was Peel, or if it was somebody known to Mark and Irene, and they got in an argument and they started killing, like they, you know, who knows? And then they had to kill everybody because yeah, <laughs> they knew him. Like I think it was maybe something more like that. But yeah, it's so awful. I just truly is truly awful. Yeah. And the fact, yeah, that all eight of them were victims. None of them were able to get away. <laughs> I mean, just logistically, even you know, like they couldn't. Which makes me feel like there was more than one gunman, maybe? Or maybe, maybe. they held someone hostage. Ugh, I don't even like thinking about no. any of it. It's so sad and so upsetting. No, are they able to kill more of the people while they were, they were sleeping? Right. The gunshots they heard was, you know, it was like two in the morning. Yep. 
Nope. Thanks for nothing. No. God, why do you no. do this to the people? AKA me. Specifically <laughs> me. You know, I was going to start doing like a deeper dive into all the theories. And then I was like, it just doesn't really matter. It's just, they're gone. And yeah, nobody's doing anything. And there wasn't any other like concrete possible suspects or theories right. or, yeah. you know, they're just like, dead on. <laughs> bye-bye. So crazy. Not so this crazy. one and... guy who happened to be having drinks at the bar at the wrong time. Right. Unless the deputized bo- bulldog was in on the drug thing, which is a possibility. Drugs does sound, you know, like if you're small town Alaska and you're trying to like get your foothold in the drug trade, mm-hmm. maybe you're like a newbie and you think you're going to be a bad, a bad dude and go and kill some people and get their drugs. And I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, but yeah, drugs or some kind of smuggling or revenge. My gut says revenge. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I watched a show about this and they interviewed Larry, the captain of the, I forget which one it was, the decade or the mm-hmm. the one that came up with all the information mm-hmm. saying that Peel wasn't on the boat. He, uh, Ooh, mm, get a little this is, I'm, I just, it's all my like total speculation. Allegedly. I just, allegedly. Larry he had some shifty eyes like creepy this. Creepy creep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i was like maybe it was him oh well great i'm in a bad mood (laughs) but you know what'll cheer me up name time a big pile of names oh and punching my own microphone it's name time Okay, you guys, it's probably it was a bad idea for us to hold names and shouty outies for one whole week because now we have a bunch of them (laughs) because you guys are the best. So we'll dive right into it. Someone wrote, there was a chef that was in parentheses in my town named Nate Noose, middle name P. He insisted on going by Nate P. Noose. Yes. <laughs> uh, Nate P. Noose is amazing. <laughs> or maybe Nuss. I'm just like, I like Noose, though. P. Noose. I'm going to admit something that my brain was stuck on the Noose part. Like, yeah. You know, like Noose. Yeah. Uh, and it just took me like a full 30 that seconds time. to put P. Noose together. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's probably Nuss. P. Noose. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Um, oh, cat names. Her Imperial Highness the Grand Duchess Artemisia Maria von Potato. Yeah. I think they said they car potato. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. I love a little potato. Oh my God. Don't this. I just put this note in the middle of these names, but remember I told the story about Laura throwing the snowball yes. through the window in New yes. York City? She said that like two weeks ago, some teenagers threw a lemon through her window. So she got her <laughs> karmic comeuppance. So I don't That's want to forget that. That's amazing. It just happened. Okay, back to names. Patricia Patty Eggenberger. <laughs> she had added on her married name she would be Patty Agenberger Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Patty, that was a huge mistake. That was 
so cute. It's not time. It's not too late to get down to the courthouse, pay the hundred thirty dollars or whatever. Mm, the world late. needs an egg and burger, Bert. Uh, there's a road in Idaho <laughs> named Chicken Dinner Road. <laughs> oh, I'd love a chicken dinner. <laughs> I tried to order the plant-based chicken nuggets last night. Oh, no. I don't think my local KFC carries them anymore, which I'm Pro- not, not a huge super surprised. Seller. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I think they do generally sell them, just not <laughs> northwest Indiana. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. The most recent episode of Dark Topic... The bad guys' names were Marinda Boob and Kermit Butt. <laughs> I was like, Jack Pot. Thank you, Jack Luna, which is also Did a good he, name. Did uh, he point out that? Oh, yes. Lots okay. of boob jokes. I haven't Lots listened to of boob jokes. It's a good one. Yeah. They're all good ones. Guy Shanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stormy Whirly. <laughs> Stormy Whirly. Pronounced Stormy, Stormy Whirly. Um, there's a father and daughter named Stormy and Misty Monday. Oh. <laughs> so cute. So cute. <laughs> Laura is in Naples, Florida with her parents right now, where she met a Penny Wigglesworth. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I'm imagining Did she divorce she's you a and gopher. marry Penny Wigglesworth? <laughs> no, she couldn't because Penny Wigglesworth must has to be a gopher, and I don't yeah. think interspecial <laughs> marriage is legal for present day. Uh. Um, oh my God. Some guy started some shit with a local business on Nextdoor, and ooh, you do not want to give me two margaritas and put me on Nextdoor when people are talking shit about small businesses. Uh oh. I really let him have it. Good. He's just being a dick. Like, what is your point? Mm-hmm. He's just like had a bad experience and it got resolved. And then the manager like jumps on next door and writes the nicest, like so kind and thoughtful and professional. And he left the post up and then like continues to double down. Fuck that guy. No. His name. He's my nemesis. His name is Joss Vron. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Vron. V-R-O-N. <laughs> Oh, my God. There's a Mount Disappointment. Oh. <laughs> I live on it. I live right on the top I was going to say, that's where it. I live. Sadie's, <laughs> <laughs> if you need Sadie, she'll be on the top of Mount Disappointment no. in Onacock, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and if you need me, you have to drive over Horny, Bo- Horny Brook Bridge to get to Humpty Bong <laughs> State School. <laughs> That's wrong. That British. It's in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, That's how oh, you say it, right? Okay, I Brisbane. Have. I think so. <laughs> it's like all the towns in Indiana. You just smoosh all the consonants together, like Maryville. Right. Maryville. Merville. No, Maryville. Hobart is Hobart. <laughs> Piogi, of all places. P E O G A. Piogi. What? Yeah. Mm-mm. Really, guys? Uh, local realtor. Oh, this is from our Aunt Marilyn. Hello, Aunt Marilyn. We love you so Hello. much. Um, Gay Horny is a local realtor. <laughs> if I had to change my name to something. <laughs> and a local landscape company, four feet to a yard. Uh, you know, like your feet in it are on the yard. Uh-huh, Get it? That's so cute. Oh my God, you sent this, or I guess I'm assuming a listener sent it to you and then you sent it to me. There's a lower third <laughs> on a news program that said, 
Brumpo Trungus <laughs> saw heaven when he was four years old. <laughs> I think that was on Twitter. I think somebody said that to us on Twitter, and I about sh- shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, I just literally it was I'm more than peeing in... my pants. Like Brumpo, Brumpo Trungus saw heaven. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Google Brumpo Trungus real quick because I need to. <laughs> I need to know more. Brumpo Trungus. I mean, is that like... <laughs> yeah. He's a hyperboat racer. What? Did he... The what? same one? Is I mean, fake? is it more than one Brumpo Trungus? I know. Is Brumpo Trungus just like a meme? I am so confused. I mean, you, after you see Heaven, just go become a boat, boat speed racer. Oh, maybe Brumpo Trungus is fake. Regardless, Brumpo Trungus. <laughs> Even if it is fake, it's the best made-up name it's I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Trungus is... What's the award emoji, award emoji, award emoji? Yes. Trophy. Yep, you win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So there you go, guys. There's your names for the weeks. Thank you so there much. You Keep go. them coming. Send them in. Don't yes, ever stop please. it. Um, before we do shouty outies, I want to just talk real quick about a, which case was it? We talked about children mm-hmm. and how uh, good kids come from good parents. Yes. <laughs> and bad kids come from bad parents. That's Not exactly really. what we said. And we believe it <laughs> every hundred percent of the time. Never uh. does a good kid come out of a bad parent. <laughs> no, but I think we were just, I was kind of musing about kids and, you know, there was a troublemaker at school and he was getting punished for being hyperactive and how I, you know, just was guessing that he didn't have the best Uh life at home. Right. And you and I were kind of going on and on about that. Right. And we had a listener write us and say that... um, She agreed that only bad kids come from bad parents. (laughs) Exactly. End of story. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. No, they were saying that they work in the schools Mm -hmm. and they wanted to clarify that a kid's struggles are not always a lack of parent support. Mm -hmm. And if your kid starts to struggle, it's not automatically your fault. Totally. Right. And I realized that when we were talking, I 100% (laughs) um, when my kid succeeds, I feel like I've done well. Right. Even though it really doesn't have anything to do with me. Right. Yeah. And when my kid struggles or suffers, yep. I feel like I am the cause of that. I've done mm-hmm. something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was reading, and it's a very nice long comment that our listener wrote us. Right. <laughs> but I had this like breakthrough, uh-huh. a personal breakthrough of like, of course, I would never assume that all bad, like not bad kids, because there's no such thing, but like right. kids that are struggling right. are because their parents haven't worked hard enough for them or whatever right you know i would never assume that but i would 100 percent blame myself if my kid Mm -hmm. was really struggling i would blame you too you but not (laughs) anyone else but you say yes right and i know that i'm not alone in that yeah and it's something that i very much i think even just now that i've sort of recognized it Mm -hmm. i can not do that to myself Mm -hmm. but like if so if you're out there and your kids are struggling and you're doing the best you can to support them, like that is enough. You're doing what you can and your kids are going to struggle. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to overcome those struggles or Mm -hmm. they're not going to become better people because of it. Like I know in my life, the struggles that I've had have made me 
who I am. They've made yeah. me funny and they've made me interesting and they've made me empathetic, empathetic. and, mm-hmm. you know, definitely kind. And um, we need to allow for that to be the case for our kids too. A hundred percent. You know, give ourselves some, some slack. And well, and it's crazy it's okay. making. Yeah. It's crazy making. I remember you and I having a conversation about it a couple of years ago and you, I just was watching you like drive yourself into you know, depression, <laughs> because you were just so like obsessed, quite frankly, with being a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, there's a 100% chance you're going to screw your kids up. Like there's a mm-hmm. what that is the only thing that I can guarantee you as a parent is that you are going to screw them up somehow. So you might as well like, take care of yourself, mm-hmm. set some boundaries, you know, do things with that are like, realistic, because they're going to turn out the way they're going to turn out. Some of that is going to fall back on you, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not it is actually your fault. So, right. yes, parents have such, it's remarkable how little control you have over how your kids come out, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Like, yep. they are just who they are. They come mm-hmm. out that way. They yep. are those well, people. I'm grateful I had a second because it really taught me that lesson. My two mm-hmm. children are so, so different. So different. <laughs> And I have pretty much, they came from the same genetics. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I pretty much raised them the same as yep. those tiny humans that they are so far. Like there's, I mean, there's, of course, have been differences, but like, <laughs> they are so different and just inside of themselves. Yes. And both and was, incredibly strong willed and not controllable. You right. know, they're well behaved kids, mm-hmm. very well behaved kids and conscientious and kind kids, but you're not telling them what the fuck to do under any circumstance ever. <laughs> Like you have no control over it, oh, and they're seven my, and four. For crying no, my four out loud, my four-year-old today, uh, first day back from spring break to preschool. He yeah. goes only just goes for three hours, half day, and he loves school mostly, mm-hmm. even though he won't admit it. Um, we get to the school, his teacher opens the door, and I look, <laughs> I look over to see what my four-year-old's doing and he has just laid himself flat on the sidewalk just face down (laughs) on the sidewalk arms up above his head (laughs) and his teacher who i just adore she was like oh my gosh you know he he just lost all of his bones (laughs) (laughs) just he laid there for a very long time i went and signed him in like i'm supposed to and i came back out and (laughs) she's like well i guess i'm gonna have to go get the the you know wheelbarrow to to bring in <laughs> bag of bones over here is so cute. So but cute. <laughs> thank God that there's other people that will play along with him. Totally. And I don't have to feel weird about my bag of bones for like what would like you and I, I would know. never think to do that. I mean, we might think to do it, but we wouldn't We'd do, never it. do it. But <laughs> what on earth? That's I what I mean. I hope he just, just like, always, he will always just, if he feels like laying too. down on the sidewalk, he just does it. You guys, me too. Well, and he's got uh, whatever I've got, and so does the other one. And the more I get to know my brain, and the more I realize that I'm like constantly holding back from doing things that would make me really happy, like lay down on the sidewalk, face down Mm -hmm. with my arms above my head, and weird shit Mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, Yeah. I think you can definitely feel good about fostering a world where your kid feels comfortable. Face planting on the sidewalk yeah. in front of the school. He gets like one more reason. year, I think. Then I'll, I'll probably at five. I'll be like, uh-uh. no, I don't. I hope not. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But, you know, he'll get yep. in there eventually, as long as he's not yeah. hurting anybody. 
Right. Well, and also just the joy of parenting during TikTok uh, is really nice, mm-hmm. too. You don't feel so alone. I I was watching some video and they were like, oh, my kid chews on everything. My old or like seven-year-old mm-hmm. chews on his clothes and chews mm-hmm. on the remotes and everything he has. He chew- and I was like, oh, my God, my kid does that. And they were saying they had found chewies for kids. Mm-hmm. So like autistic children and other like just, you know, it's a stem thing. Yep. I was going to say stemming. It's totally yep. a stem. Yep. And so I said to my oldest yesterday, I was like, hey, there's these, they have these shark tooth necklaces that are made out of rubber that mm-hmm. you can wear and chew on. I said, would you want, if I got you one of those, would you use it? And he got so excited because yep. I'm constantly like, don't chew on your clothes. Don't chew on yep. your clothes. But I have to figure out how to like allow him. He needs that stimulation. Yeah. And um, every so time I him. watch a TikTok video and they're like, you know, this, the F, the algorithm sent you to me and I can tell you everything about yourself. <laughs> You're definitely stimming right now. You have your hands in your mouth and every fucking time, like I, my hands, I, I thought it was like an oral fixation. I have something in my mouth t- 23 hours out of the That's day. So funny. He's so you, cause I he, don't do that. Yeah. He definitely yeah, has but... my like ADHD potential, like mm-hmm. little bit of a spectrum kind of thing going mm-hmm. on for sure. And it requires definitely. like constant motion constant fidgeting and definitely mm. like chewing and mm-hmm. rah, 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 rah. yeah like if i stimulated all the time all the time yeah yeah get that kid a weighted blanket and a chewy and a fucking spinny and yep some um, ear medication loop. and <laughs> <Bones>. <laughs> 80 songs and <laughs> coffee and uh, nine jobs and it'll be fine <laughs> And some pugs. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, well, yeah, and yeah. I told Laura. So Laura, like, legitimately, sometimes gets a little not jealous, but a little jealous because I kiss the pugs constantly, <laughs> and it finally dawned on me that it's a dopamine hit. Like recently, I was well, like, "Yeah, you have to understand like how good this feels to get like to kiss them and smell them and like mm-hmm. feel them is like the best feeling in the world." And I didn't know that before. I just thought I was like romantically involved with my pugs, you know. <laughs> But it really recently dawned on me. I was just like, I'm going in for those dopamine hits like 75,000 times a day. Yeah, it was like, honestly, Laura, if I did this to you, it would be assault. Like if, you know, (laughs) if I kissed you as much as I need dopamine hits, it would be assault. So that's why I need two dogs Just be making out with her all the time. Seriously. It's like, gotta find somewhat respectable outlets. And they have such flat little foreheads. Your little mouth just fits right in there perfectly. It's so satisfying. Right above their little crinkle noses. Anyway. Anyway, um, I am going to save this until after shouty outies because some of you are going to want to opt out of this. But the seventh worst thing that can happen to a person happened to me last week. And I can't (sighs) wait to tell you about it. There's like death, rape death of a spouse death of well it's death of a child death of a spouse false imprisonment and then the thing that happened to me is next thing well maybe guantanamo bay <laughs> then the thing that happened to hey. me. yeah i can't wait to hear about it <laughs> yep so if you don't want to hear about it you can just honk, honk on out after the shouty audience but let's give That's the people right. there they've been waiting dues yeah okay well i'm gonna start with uh a an apology yeah you'd better apologize so one of our dear lists, our patrons, thank you so much to Jeremy M. Yes. Whose spelling of his name is 
a little uh, beautifully unusual. Yes. And I thought it was Unique. was Jeromey. And you said, no, it's Jeremy. And then you and I argued about which way it was. And then I would say, well, I'll email him and find out for sure. And then yep. we did this twice. And the second time I was like, oh, I didn't do it. And then I didn't do it again. <laughs> yep. And then poor Jeremy emailed us and was like, hey, I'm so sorry, waiting. but I just, did you miss me? And yes, we missed you. And I'm so sorry. And uh, thank you so much for your support. And so, here's your shout Jeremy M. Jeremy M. On the wings of angels. And by <laughs> angels, I mean eagles. Angels with eagle heads. And he's soaring through the night. Because he's got to find someone to fight. And he will not stop until he gets it right. He is Jeremy M. Not Jerome, unless you're an idiot. Yeah. There you go. Thank you for your patience. I feel like you worked on that. I didn't, but I did just now, right now, decide that he needed something very special for being patient while we duped it out behind the oh, scenes. No, and I'm just realizing there's another name right after Jeremy's Ooh. that I don't know. We're just going to say right now that Sadie just came upon another name that she doesn't know how to spell, so she's going to send an email. But if you're not hearing your shouty outy, well, also, A, it's because we got a giant pile of shouty outy, so we're going to do a little handful. So if you don't hear it today, either Sadie's emailing you or it'll come next time. (laughs) Or I'm not going to email you until you email me, and then I feel really bad. Yeah. We'll see. And then you'll get a, a yacht rock ballad. Yes. Uh, thank you so much to Kimberly W. Kimberly, why do you do this to me? I walk to your window and I put my hand on it. Then I put my face next to my hand and I look inside like I'm lost in this land. Cause I'm lost without you, Kimberly Thank you so much to Olivia E. Oh, Olivia, every day I go and I'm like, Olivia, where is Olivia? Why is she not with me 100% of the time? Why am I not Olivia? Why have I not inhabited her body and her soul? Why do I have to be me and not Olivia? Because she's every E stands for everything I want to be. And Olivia's (laughs) like, I'm going to say something wise. I'm going to say something that's going to make you feel good about yourself because you should be your own self and that is good enough for me (laughs) olivia e thank you so much to courtney oh oh yeah i'm going back to ballots because her name is courtney and i hate that it's my name but i love it when it's other people's names because there's something about being named courtney that makes you in a tribe that's a kind of a weird tribe where there's nothing super special about your name but you're probably a really cool person probably thought that you were unique when you were a kid unless you lived in california where everyone is named courtney but you fucking rule and you are my twin and i love you and i love you and that is the end (laughs) Uh, oh my god we have another olivia thank you so much to olivia b excuse me yes olivia b wind b wind Olivia be be kind be kind rewind (laughs) Olivia be kind rewind and and I'm like why do I need to rewind and she's like you know what back it up to what you said about the other Olivia remember all of that 
apply it to me? And I said, well, naturally I would because I want to be you. I want to inhabit you. I want to... (laughs) You just get right in there. Get on in there and be Olivia. E and B. That is me. She is... now officially part of the sex gang, so it's appropriate. Yeah, like, you got to get inhabited by me. <laughs> oh, it's so uncomfortable. One hundred percent, that's assault. Just like me kissing yes. Laura as many times as I need yes. dopamine as a hit. Me inhabiting our Patreon supporters is a criminal offense. I promise uh, not to do it. Just like you know, spiritually, emotionally, you know, right, cult, right. cult, but without the weird sexual assault, <laughs> cult stuff. Uh, you're not going to believe this. What? We have another Courtney. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> way! A double Olivia's, a double what the Courtney's. What is happening? Okay. Different addresses too, so not the same people. All right, not double. Listen. Okay, Courtney, Courtney, come and sit on my lap today. <laughs> Let me stroke your hair and wipe your tears away. Courtney, everything is gonna be okay. Even though Courtney Eck doesn't really like her name. It's not a reflection of you. It's really a unique and beautiful name. It doesn't mean that you are a bad person. In fact, you are a really cool guy. Uh, should we do one more yeah one more all right thank you so much wait i'm gonna check real quick make sure we don't have any more olivia's or any more courtney's (laughs) okay (laughs) thank you so much to deborah i deborah eisenbanger's going to the rangers going down to the town today Gonna mine some gemstones, gonna find her true self, gonna go down into the ground and be (laughs) a part of the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the universe and the ocean and the (laughs) stratosphere and the galaxies. (laughs) Yay! Speaking of which, this is also dedicated to you, because that song was crazy. <laughs> Have you guys seen the first telescope photos? Oh, The God. gazillions of galaxies. Like, just galaxies, galaxies, galaxies. Oh, 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 makes Can you, you even believe vomit. it? That, that was just like a, um, what's it called? Just, like they were triangulation, away. like, just making sure that the nope. mirrors all worked. F- it was just fucking throw up. I just, I, I feel like we're going to get into like the fourth dimension yeah, of shit. We're going to figure yes. out why, why we got stuck with Trump yeah. and everybody else got giraffes that fly or something, you know, like, yes. come on. Yes. I can't wait. I'm so freaking excited. So freaking excited. thing to work. I know. It's thrilling. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that. It gives me chills. Me too. I, I brought a little bit of a tears to my eyes to see that many galaxies. It was like 45 galaxies in one, anyway whoa yeah unbelievable speaking of miracles speaking of things that can happen to a person in dimensions so i had one of those weeks last week where just like some like really randomly very uncomfortable and uh, you know unwanted things happened in my life specifically this is not the worst seventh worst thing that can happen to a person but 
last week I was in New York and I got up early to go to a shoot and I was in the shower and I blasted Dr. Bronner straight into my eyeball. <laughs> okay, you did tell me this. Okay, yes. Good. So this is like was... just another example. This is not the seventh word. That was not the seventh oh, worst thing oh, that can oh, happen oh, to a person. Oh. No, no, okay. no, Sadie. You will definitely agree with me when you hear what happened to me. You're going to fucking die. It's so terrible. And so, you but that was me. you're making me live your trauma live on air. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was okay, that ready. was intentional. So, I was making some Momofuku ramen cuz one of my best friends is in charge of the packaged goods for Momofuku and if you guys like ramen and you want to make it at home, it is so goddamn delicious. It is so good. Go get it. Highly recommend. But that is not the story. Was making it, it was kind of in a hurry. My little colander thing broke, like the metal with the metal handle, the sieve mm-hmm. thing, like broke and mm-hmm. fell in the sink, but I salvaged, you know, it didn't, all the noodles didn't come out of it, just some of them, but I like, you know, did that thing where you separate the ones, whatever. Put the the noodles in the bowl with the sauce, heat it back up, go to town eating these delicious noodles that I was very excited to eat. I was going to have a couple of drinks because I was going out, so I needed noodles in my belly. Right. I'm about halfway through, maybe not even, maybe a third of the way through the bowl of noodles. And I bite down and a sensation, a fragrance fills my mouth. And I immediately know what I have chomped down on because it tastes and smells exactly like cilantro. And do you know what else tastes and smells exactly like cilantro? Want to take a guess? Soap so much worse what a fucking stink bug no what i bit a stink bug oh no in half in my mouth oh no in my human sensitive mouth oh my god it was like I just remember the first thing I thought was like, how can I, how can this, how can I make this not have happened? Like this is, this is like top five worst things that has ever happened to me. Uh, I just spit the noodles back in the bowl, ran to the kitchen, tossed it down the sink. So I couldn't see, I did not visually see the proof of what it was, but I'm a hundred percent sure that that's what it was. I spit it, spit it, spit it. And rinse my mouth and then drink oh, a huge glass oh, of grapefruit juice because I was like oh acid and then brush my yeah. teeth for like five hours. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Help me. Help me, guys. <laughs> There's nothing and we can I'm do for like you. <laughs> talking out loud to the pugs as this is happening and I'm just saying to them like, why is this happening? It's the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> God. Why did that happen to you? I don't know. I don't Do you like cilantro? No, no. You don't, and I don't before like, this, she didn't like it. I like the flavor like in guacamole and stuff, but if I bite down on a big chunk of it, it's so gross. And the smell of stink bugs has always reminded me of cilantro. Ugh. Oh, fuck. Oh, and I hate stink bugs. They're the, literally the only bug I kill. So this was them getting their revenge. So <laughs> I mean, He's like, if I have to go out, I'm going in the mouth. Yeah, seriously. They're like, <laughs> you drown so one sorry. more of us because you have to drown them so they don't stink up your house if you drown one uh, more of us we're gonna get into your mouth and they did oh, i know God, i'm so sorry thank you sorry guys this was a bummer of a night you got unsolved cold case quit qu- oct 
octagonal homicides. I and know. I think it's like it is technically a massacre. Yeah. When you kill that many people. Yep. Fuck. And then uh, my my brain got massacred when I chomped down <laughs> on a fucking stink bug. <laughs> oh, my God. My soul. No. I'm sure it was on TikTok. I saw a woman who was like, Ugh. I thought these were sesame seeds and she had a cracker Mm-mm. in her hand and it Mm-mm. was ants. <laughs> See, that's fine. I've eaten ants, but not enough to think not they're sesame bug. seeds, but stink bug. Well, stink, they're so big and crunchy. Dude. <laughs> like get my stomach clenching thinking about it. Anyway, let's move on from that. Yes. Wrap it up. We love Let's you guys so, so much. much. Thank you for the huge pile of Patreon supporters. That is a huge help yes. to us. And yep. like Sadie said, it. yep. Once we hit around a hundred Patreon episodes, we're going to up that price. So if you want to lock it in at the current price, get on over do there it. and do it. No, it'll be a couple, probably two months from now. Yep. Yep. So you better hurry. It's coming quick. Yeah. And also, if you, <laughs> if you keep doing that, you won't get ads on these episodes. So it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. And they are really good episodes. The one I did last week is one of my favorite ones oh. I've done. <laughs> <laughs> nightmares. Literal, Literal terrible nightmares. nightmares. Um, but in the meantime, come on over there. Come to YouTube. You can see my Robert Palmer look. You can see Sadie's gorgeous French collar and her killers. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Shh. Shag, shaglet, shag, shag mullet. It's mm-hmm. Enviable hair, the most enviable hair. Uh, come on over there. Come to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at They Will Kill. Come to our website, theywillkill.com. You can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Rate right, review, subscribe, please. Yeah, please. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. So many sex gangs. <laughs> I almost forgot. So much to cover so today. Many. You guys. Oh seriously oh my god at so many at least like six, six? yeah at least yeah. three of you or four of you did not message us to give us your address to send you something i will send you but the pure joy of reading like six <laughs> sex gang reviews we can't yep. it's just no words it's not too late i will send no. people as many people as put sex gang Reviews, I will send them something. It might be a sticker. It might be my water bill. I will send you something. I promise. We'll see what happens. Yes. Roll that dice, babies. Uh, thank you, AJ Bergantz. Ooh, somebody asked how to spell his name. I forgot. Did yeah. We, did we uh, ever message them back? I don't know. So it's A as in Al- Alfred. <laughs> J as in Jehoshaphina. Jehoshaphat. Yeah. Burr. As in B E R G A N T Z Bergant. Yep, AJ Bergantz. And I need to double check and see what his social means is like these days. Yeah. Where people can find him. He was under Falls to Wreckage? Falls to Wreckage for a while. He does like metal music as Falls to Wreckage. Yep. So go find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remember, just don't eat keep a stink bug. Keep it right out of your mouth. <laughs> also, don't cup your hand under a pump container of Dr. Bronner's. It was like a pump. Oh, but right. I put it, I had it under me on a bench. 
and I put my hand under it and I pumped it really hard and it was a big container and my hand created a fucking whoop and it just went <laughs> like like straight God, down to my hand straight up into my so, eye like I'm amazed you didn't lose your eye I really started to panic but then I was like it's natural luckily <laughs> you can read all about it on burn. the bottle and right. yeah it burns it hurts so <laughs> bad it, it ached oh. like all day it fucking hurt but i was able to like eye wash myself and get to work <laughs> little did i know what the universe had in store for me this week God, i can't think about it <laughs> we love you guys we love you so much goodbye thanks for listening goodbye, goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.